0: Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews you can read anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out the other podcast that I host. It's similar to this one, a little bit more trivia, a lot more history As far as the making of the films, it is called Around the World in 80s Movies. If you're a fan of 80s movies like I am, I definitely do encourage you to check that out. You can go to Quipster.net for the link to that podcast. Today I'm going to be looking at the latest from Pixar Disney. It is called Onward, obviously an animated feature. It is a PG-rated film. It does have action, peril, and some mild thematic elements. The runtime is an hour and 42 minutes. The voice cast includes Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, primarily. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, and Mel Rodriguez also support with their voices. The director is Dan Scanlon, who also co-writes the screenplay along with Jason Headley and Keith Bunnen. Now, in Onward, the basic story is about these two teenage Brothers, they happen to be elves because this is a fantasy animated adventure. It's set in this town called New Mushroomton, and they go on a quest that requires them to tap into this long forgotten magic that exists in this world to have one more day with the father who passed away before his youngest was even born. The father left behind a gift for them to have when they both reached the age of 16 a wizard staff and it also contains an ultra-rare phoenix gem that these boys can use to bring him back to life, but only for one day. Once the spell is cast, the process goes through, but it gets interrupted halfway, and that leaves only Dad's animated legs left behind, to get to know as this is a PG rated film dad appears with his his chinos on so you don't have to worry about that if they want to talk to dad or give him so much as a hug they're going to have to find another very rare phoenix gem before the day runs out now we learn through the opening narration that this world was once a place of great wonder and magic a fantasy land of fairies and wizards and elves and all manner of mystical creatures The creatures all still exist in this world, but technological advancements have supplanted the need for magic over the years to the point where most of the inhabitants of this world don't even know how to practice that magic any longer. This theme tends to fit into the central motif of most of the Pixar films today, which is that you have to reach beyond your comfort zone and take some risks to affect some positive change in your life. Tom Holland voices Ian Lightfoot. He's the younger, the socially awkward younger of the two brothers. Barley, played by Chris Pratt, kind of doing his inner Jack Black here. He's the more hard-rocking and adventurous older sibling. He's obsessed with the magical world of the past, and he's especially passionate about this game called Quests of Yore, which purports to be an accurate portrayal of how things used to be when magic was all the rage. Dan Scanlon, he previously directed Monsters University for Pixar. He's taking the reins here, and this was a project six years in the making for Scanlon. He used elements of his childhood growing up in Michigan for the main story. His own father had passed away in a car accident at the time he was only one years old, and his brother was three years old, and... Scanlon's relationship with his older brother inspired this tale of families who move on from the loss of a loved one. Although it's purely a fantasy in terms of a film, some of the story elements do come from his real life, such as the discovery of a cassette tape where he hears his father's voice for the first time in his teenage years. Now, neither Scanlon nor his producing partner were well-versed in the realm of fantasy or role-playing games. They ended up reaching out to several members of the Pixar family to try to help contribute to the language and the lifestyle of those who are actually into the fantasy genre, who read the books and watch the films and play the games, and they wanted them to add as much flavor as they could to connect with the right audience that likes all of those things. In jokes, for fantasy fans are going to abound here. You have references like a second breakfast served at a local theme restaurant, or there's this yogurt shop, blinking you'll miss. It. but it's named Master Froyo. Unicorns, once the most beautiful but rare creatures, are now these pests, kind of like raccoons who rummage through the trash cans. Dungeons and Dragons players are going to get a kick out of some of the things that they see around Barley's Place, the gelatinous cube, one of the classic foes in the role-playing realm. And of course, there are the requisite Easter eggs for Pixar fans, the oft-seen Pizza Planet truck, the A113 references, all of that stuff is in the mix here. It might require multiple viewings for you to catch it all. Now, although Pixar's films to date have fantasy elements to them, this is really the first to take place entirely within the fantasy genre. So, some feeling out of the parameters are going to be necessary. In the early phases of the script, in trying to deal with magic, it was going to be actually Ian who was into magic and his older brother being indifferent. But it was determined that, narratively, audiences would probably have a harder time identifying with Ian's journey if he knew magic from the get-go, because we don't readily understand or care about magic, so we're not naturally on his side there. So they ended up flipping the brothers in terms of their magic knowledge so that we could make the discoveries along with Ian, who's kind of our conduit for this story. Now, when Tom Holland did get involved, the nature of Ian ended up changing further to match his own personality. He went from being kind of a sarcastic smartass to much more of a sincere one, a shy guy, kind of like his Peter Parker persona in the Spider-Man films. Pratt's personality changed, too. It allowed Barley to be much more recognizable and being overbearing to his brother, yet still seeming likable to audiences. That's something that Pratt has a specialty in. And it pays off very well as we enter the film's second half. Pratt played this role of someone who enjoyed doing a lot of crazy things, but he wasn't deep down a crazy person. He had a rationale for all of the reasons why he does what he does. Now, For the spells involved, Scanlon and his crew underwent brainstorming sessions to come up with over a hundred different kinds of spells and how to cast them and determine how each of them could remedy various situations that these protagonists found themselves enduring. Most of the spells ended up not being used in the film, but the exercise of thinking them through brought about further story elements that transpired due to the nature of these spells. For the longest time, Pixar did not have a title for this project. It was untitled at least almost till the last minute. They toyed with calling it Half Dad or or Pants because it was kind of funny, but it didn't really have the right spirit given the emotional underpinning of the tale as presented here. Eventually, they settled on the simple phrase onward because it denoted a positive move forward toward an overall journey, and that's in keeping with the vibe of what they were trying to portray. It also represents a recognition of the past from which one has to move onward. The characters have something from their childhood that they have to reconcile before they can come of age and move forward with theirs. There's also a secondary theme here in Onward on the prevailing culture's over-reliance on technology. We use technology to live our lives in a manner that's not really natural or our historical inclination over the years. I mean, technology is kind of a new thing if you look at the totality of human existence. And this undercurrent of the society in this film that forgot their greatness because they didn't see the need to practice what they once knew any longer when... Now they had gadgets that could produce similar results without requiring personal effort or practice. That's kind of an underlying message to us that we might have let our devices and technology run our lives in a way that we're not really fully living. That's kind of an irony here given that Pixar is a company founded upon Reliance on technology, and most of the people who work there probably are very much into this lifestyle. But the message still comes through that we should be making our own sort of so called magic happen in our lives instead of sinking into this life of perpetual ease. Now, as the film doubles as this personal love letter from Scanlon to his family, he didn't tell his brother about the nature of the movie until it was actually complete. And once the film wrapped, Scanlon let his brother see the finished product and at the end received what he calls the longest hug of his life. If you see this film, you'll understand exactly why. It's a very touching and an emotional ending in a very uplifting way, I definitely do think you will walk out with a smile. Onward is the 22nd in Pixar's long but very well-respected lineup of animated features. It may not be in the upper echelon of Pixar classics, but that's a really high bar to hurdle given the great films that they've made in the past. It's the first Pixar film without any participation from its founder, John Lasseter. He left Disney in a bit of a personal conduct controversy, and he would go on to become head of animation for Skydance Media, so his guiding hand is not here, but I do think it still passes the test to be an excellent and heartwarming film that would be among the very best releases by just about any other animation house. You know, Even if the film does not soar to Pixar's top pantheon, it's undoubtedly a high-quality film, and it remains thoroughly watchable throughout. It definitely will get a high recommendation from me. One of the downsides to making great movies, I Think for Pixar is that every subsequent release gets unfairly graded on this curve because if this were any other animation studio that made Onward, everyone would probably be talking about them. Oh, another animation house that is caught up to Pixar in quality. Pixar, unfortunately, gets kind of derided if they make a very good but not great film. However, you know, the film does end with some touching realizations that will no doubt hit home very well for families, particularly for those where a parent ended up missing early on and that required siblings to look out for one another in the place of that parent if you find yourself stuck in a rut thinking of how good life could be if only somebody were still around this pixar release offers a very sincere message to all of us to appreciate who we are in the now and thank all of those who've helped us all along the way I'm giving Onward three and a half stars out of four, a very solid three and a half stars out of four. And on my scale, that means I do think this is a good film. And I definitely recommend it to those people who like this kind of movie. If you're a Pixar fan, you like animated features, if you're into family films, and you just want something that is very entertaining and heartwarming in that Pixar kind of way, it's going to deliver, I think, for you. So three and a half stars out of four for onward if you have your own thoughts about onward that you want to impart to me you can find my contact information at my website you can find links to my twitter feed facebook page instagram my email address any way that you want to get in touch with me you can find at my website that's at quipster.net dot net. until next time thanks so much for listening and please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies